0: Hello and welcome back to this instalment of Changemakers. Today we're discussing how tech innovations are helping to shape the future of sustainable fashion. We often ask the question can fashion ever be truly sustainable? According to BBC Futures, more of us now understand that the fashion industry accounts for about 10% of global carbon emissions and nearly 20% of wastewater. And while the environmental impact of flying is now well-known, fashion uses more energy than both aviation and shipping combined. This is Changemakers, presented by Sustainably Influenced, a five-part mini-series focusing on the people and businesses making impactful changes in the sustainable fashion space today. So, what do we mean by tech? I think tech can mean a lot of things to different people. So I thought it'd be good to start with a quick definition. Tech can fall under social media influence, apps, fabric developments, energy and so much more. Purely because I think it's really, really relevant to today and the society that we're living in. I really want to kind of start with speaking about social media influence. And we will be talking to influencers in another episode for Changemakers. So consumers influence the fashion industry. And right now they're demanding for a paradigm shift to having sustainable ethical practices and transparency as standard. And according to Herotech data, the social media hashtag sustainable fashion has skyrocketed in popularity up 1000% in three years from 2018. So that report was from 2021. And that is just wow. The fashion industry is listening and is transitioning to this new standard to satisfy customers and to earn their trust. The role technology plays in our lives is hugely significant. Therefore, businesses are aware of this influencing factor and seek to cater to their audience's interests and necessities to move with time. The role that popular hashtags play is a catalyst to spread awareness, engagement and influence to people so that they can make small, tangible changes to their fashion choices. Transparency is also a huge deal. And in today's age of social media tech, transparency in your sustainability messaging is a key factor in building that trust that I spoke about, not only between an individual company and platform, but also with their audience and sustainability is increasingly at the front of the consumer's mind, which means more are asking questions like, where do my clothes actually come from? Social media has given consumers a voice. And as the Huratech data shows, consumers are driving the sustainable fashion movement with numerous hashtags like hashtag #FashionRevolution, revolution, which is a sustainable fashion movement that precipitated this cultural shift. The movement encourages brands to be more transparent about their production chain with the use of, for instance, hashtag who made my clothes consumers are seeking way more than sustainability reports and promising green campaigns they want access to information on where and how brands make their clothes and want to be able to trace the journey of what it is that they buy hi my name is Toyo and I'm the Sustainable Influence research assistant This mini-series, we wanted to introduce a Food for Thought segment to provoke new ways of thinking and connect further with our audience. So we wanted to know, which trending hashtags in the sustainability space have you seen making an impact? So now I want to speak a little bit more about fabric technology because I think it's really important and as part of this Changemakers mini-series, I want every episode to kind of link. And in the last episode, we spoke about textile innovations, but we didn't really delve into how tech has aided their increase in popularity and necessity. To propel the environmentally conscious movement forward, new developments in tech must be used to transition to sustainability. It may seem counterintuitive that tech, which is often the accelerator of waste, is imperative to fashion to becoming more sustainable, but in this instance, it's needed. Water and energy consumption tracking, 3D and AI assisted design, data analytics used for production and collection management are just a few examples of tech in sustainable fashion. Technology can be implemented across the production to end user consumption cycle from the nascent stages of material sources to the final stages of delivery, packaging and user feedback. With that being said, I really wanted to speak to women making changes in the sustainable fashion space as part of this series. So female founded tech startups are really having a moment. They're developing innovative technology solutions to rethink how brands and consumers can connect and interact in a completely new way or even launch entirely new types of products that address real market needs. I wanted to talk to two female founders of apps that aim to make fashion consumption easier and more sustainable by speaking to two real leaders in today's tech climate. First up is Ashita Cabra-Davies, the founder and CEO of the award-winning app By Rotation, the world's first social fashion rental app. Ashita has been on the podcast before and was on the main season of Sustainably Influenced. I really wanted to speak to her again as a tech leader in this space. By Rotation was launched in 2019 as the UK's first peer-to-peer fashion rental service, and apt to offer a sustainable alternative to throwaway fashion, also offering a social platform for users to share not just their love of style, but the contents of their wardrobes too. Named by Refinery29 as one of the 14 powerful women leading the fight for sustainability, Ishita is a well-recognised figure within the industry and is often featured in British Vogue, Glamour, The Evening Standard and more. So Ashita, thank you for joining us again, I should say, because this is your second time now on the podcast. I wanted you to be part of this episode because you are a tech leader in my, in my estimation. And I think talking about like sustainable fashion and something that we were talking about offline is that you know my passion for sustainability. And I have this belief that fashion is cyclical. But kind of the relationship between fashion and tech is changing. And tech is forcing fashion to become more circular in nature. How do you think tech and sustainable fashion colliding can make a better future?
1: Thanks so much for having me again, Bianca. You know, I love being on any kind of podcast series with you and also just hanging out with you. So thank you for having me. I think that tech should be seen and is actually an enabler for circular fashion or even the fashion industry as a whole. You know, if you think about the production side of things, tech is so instrumental in helping out with coming up with new kinds of regenerative materials. And then if you look on the consumption side of things, where rotation and I are heavily involved in, we're really, you know, creating a community so that people can recycle, share and use what they already have with each other. I'm a big
0: user of rotation, as you know, and I think sustainability and the kind of intersection between race and Prejudice and all these sorts of things—they're not really spoken about. But also in the tech space, being a woman of color and being an amazing founder of a great brand and business that is scaling up as well and moving into new shores—I wanted to kind of raise a question with you about decolonizing tech and decolonizing the fashion space and what that really means to you.
1: I mean, it's a difficult one, I think, because obviously I am a person of color. I am a woman. I'm also an immigrant. So. I guess I'm a minority in quite a few different ways when you think about the tech sector. And I think it's interesting that the industry, the fashion industry has been built in such a way, or maybe even the creative industries, you know, I'm familiar with the fashion one now for the last three years, thanks to by rotation And it's interesting that the industry is very much based on style over substance, things like who you know, rather than what you know. And as an immigrant myself who worked really hard to get a job, to have the right to live and work here, you know, I had to work in industries where things were very merit-based. People would notice right away if you were competent or not. And I think this industry, from what I've seen, it lacks that. It's very much based on privilege. And that can be, you know, whether that's being of a particular ethnicity or whether it's being of a particular socioeconomic status. I think it's been really interesting, sort of seeing that access to these industries, even tech, to a particular extent, it is kind of blocked off to um, people who might not be able to access tech for that matter. So I think it's a challenging one. But these two industries, uh, fashion and tech, they're quite privileged in you know in, in many different ways, whatever you want to define privilege. And I personally think, and I'm very big on the fact that whatever I'm doing, however I'm running by rotation. It should be done based on merit. It should be done based on the person's skill set and their attitude and how willing they are to actually take by rotation and our mission to the next level.
0: So another question that I really wanted to ask you is, how do you think today's tech and technology just in general can be better utilized in order to promote more sustainable and conscious fashion choices? Because I think that this is something that really leads into by rotation and your strengths But also just on the whole, how do you think tech can enable people to be better?
1: I think as you said, you know, rental really enabled you to embrace sustainable fashion even more, which, by the way, I think is super interesting. And maybe off the series, I'd love to know why you think that. But I have a feeling I know the answer, but you can tell me if it's wrong. But I love that the community side of things, which is empowered by technology, obviously, has literally connected lots and lots of people. So for us, over 300,000 women in the UK are on the buy rotation app sharing quality fashion with each other. So if you're someone who maybe thought no I can't afford sustainable fashion, circular fashion or all these quality brands and designers, you know, people are now rethinking that because there's something for everyone on the app. And I think it's really all about making sustainability as socioeconomically accessible and inclusive to people of all backgrounds. I think that's what's really missing. When you think about the sustainability echo chamber, it is a very privileged conversation. And I think that's why tech and the power of social media and, you know, by rotation, we've designed it very much to be a social network. It's been dubbed as the Instagram of Fashion Rental. I think that's what's making it such an exciting, vibrant community where people feel like I can finally access this so-called sustainable fashion lifestyle. I don't even think it's a lifestyle. I think it's just the way forward, really.
0: Ashita really does put back into the community and even rents from users herself. Back in December 22, so just a couple of months back, Ashita attended the British Fashion Awards and she wore a gorgeous dress that was rented from By Rotation. I'll let her tell you more about it. I looked at what you wore the other day for the British Fashion Awards. And I sat here and I was just like, look at her. Look at that vision. Look at what she's wearing. She looks great. And then when I read the caption, I think, did you rent that dress as well?
1: Yeah, so, and, and it's a designer.
0: That's what it's all about. You rented from your own platform. I'm like, yes, I'm here for this girl. <laughs>
1: exactly, and also it's a designer. It's an independent designer, Kanum's She's Bangladeshi British, and you know she makes her stuff in Bangladesh and in India. So I love the fact that I was supporting South Asia as well, and the fact that she exclusively rents out her pieces on the By Rotation app. It just felt like a very good story altogether.
0: Next up, I am speaking to Bianca Rangecroft, the founder and CEO of Wearing, the fashion tech app that allows you to digitise your wardrobe to see and style what you own. Wearing was founded on a desire to democratise the personal styling landscape and fundamentally change how we interact with our clothes and upend the throwaway culture. In a pre-COVID world, before the boom of what sustainability is now, it was at the forefront of everything when Bianca started working on Wearing. Similar to Ashita and even myself, Bianca was working in the finance world and was working on the IPO for Stitch Fix when the idea came about for the app. In this conversation, we discuss absolutely everything (laughs) from Gen Z to how to reduce your impact as a tech startup. Let's get into it
2: a way to speak to women's heart and above all Gen Z women, funnily enough, with a really clear brand, a fun brand, you know, colors that just sort of made you want to go and kind of digitize your wardrobe and use the sort of styling tech
0: of the app. So I think it was just a marriage made in heaven. That's really wonderful. And I think it's very true what you say, specifically the Gen Z side of things, because as somebody who has looked at the app and has looked at the platform, I'm always impressed when I see how much of what you do is focused around Gen Z? Because I think so many tech brands don't focus on them and they're a huge part of the market. Absolutely. And I think the
2: funny thing is, Bianca,
0: that in my personal journey and the reason
2: why I wanted to create this app in the first place is that I remember being in my early 20s, actually, you know, even just before university and buying fast fashion stuff like I was buying a packed lunch, and I had no idea how to sort of invest in good quality pieces. I wanted to thrift, but, you know, I was time poor at uni. I was time poor in my first sort of couple of years of working for in banking and working for a big corporate where that kind of messaging is not pervasive, and I was stuck in this horrible cycle, and that's why I wanted to create this app that spoke to a young woman, you know, who'd be in my shoes 10 years back thinking, this is the way that I cultivate what I already own and that I build a really long-lasting, wonderful wardrobe full of new but ethical pieces, ideally, if not some fast fashion stuff, secondhand
0: and also rental pieces. I mean, over the past decade, like a fashion revolution has really, really taken hold on social media. And it's important that you mention that because consumers and influencers are demanding a lot of systemic change. And, Within the fashion industry, it's become so much more apparent that sustainability and transparency are what is key. And as you said, pre-COVID, sustainability was kind of almost like a dirty word. How can like innovation in the tech space specifically allow the fashion industry to keep up with, A, the demand for clothing, but B, that demand more specifically for sustainable options?
2: I think it's funny. I, I, I love the way that you sort of describe that as, is- the word being, or, or being full of negative connotations, especially to sort of shareholders and profit margins and big corporates initially. And it's transitioned into, you know, a key pillar of corporate strategy today. I remember writing my dissertation in 2015 during my master's on this and thinking, when are people going to care? It's <laughs> um, so true. And I think that definitely started to happen in 2020. I think from that perspective, there's so much that has happened both from a regulatory perspective, from a shareholder activism perspective, a brand engagement perspective from the consumer that has meant that I think a lot of investors and sort of C-suite leaders are really looking to change the way they portray their companies and hopefully their supply chains to start to be a little bit more conscious to the environment and to the people who are making the clothes in the first place. For me, innovation, has a couple of different endpoints that that I'm really excited for us to sort of get, get to. I think the first one is just streamlining the way that we buy and that can be many different things it can be using a product like wearing to be able to personalize your shopping experience with retailers it can be better in-store activation to be able to guide you to better products it can be increased sort of development of better sizing solutions to be able to sort of address the huge issues in returns etc cetera, etc cetera. oh yeah, so yeah. That, that part of the market i think is really important and the second part of the market where innovation plays a huge role is in the consumer journey and the consumer mindset and in enabling behavioral change so again for a product like wearing that's getting you to see and interact with what you own it's getting you to style your outfits it's getting you to shop your own wardrobe it's helping you tap into circular services like repairing dry cleaning ethical donation swapping with your friends et etc. Cetera, et cetera. And I think that's unlocking a whole sort of subset of the market for circular business models to come in, get funded by institutional investors, collaborate with big tech or big corporates to really disrupt that consumer journey and, and sort of help be the sustainable Amazon, if that makes sense, mm. and, and really play up the sort of ease and convenience of shopping in a more sort of sustainable way or making the most of what you own
0: i.e. increasing the utilization of your clothes so they have a longer life. I think that's really incredible because when we think about fashion, we always think about production, we always think about how it's made and the impact from like how clothing is produced and the supply chain. We don't necessarily think about the end of life of that, but I think it's becoming more apparent and now continuing on that journey and prolonging the life cycle of a garment is really part of the conversation now, which I don't think it was sort of three, four years ago. And with the popularity of things like repair services, like Sojo or The Seam, they're coming in and they're finding their own place in the market to help us promote sustainability in a way that is tech led, but also I also think monetary led as well. So it's got a financial aspect to it, which I find so fascinating. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the consumer really wants
2: this. People are much smarter. They're sort of learning and brushing up on their understanding of the value chain as a whole. And I think they're looking especially to sort of tech and circular solutions to help make their lives easier because they do care about the planet today. And I know, you know, from a lot of the feedback that we get from our users that increasing their utilization rate, tracking their wares, repairing things more often, you know, buying vintage, rental, experimentation, all of this stuff is top of mind. And eco-anxiety is a big thing for our demographic. So I'm really excited for the potential of innovation in the next 10 years, truly.
0: One thing that I did want to ask, especially with regards to a tech-led business, do you have any advice for reducing carbon and water footprint in your space?
2: <laughs> what a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a group of investor slash institutional pension funds, ETC meeting a couple of days ago. And we were sort of talking about where business valuations are going and whether you could almost have like a premium added onto your valuation for green operations and net carbon reductions that that you're sort of putting forward
0: as a business is that in with with regards to having a valuation of a of a business before they IPO correct or you know even if they're not IPOing, just sort of how investors
2: and shareholders are looking at valuing this is predominantly sort of tech businesses but it can also be retail businesses right this could be like a way for H&M to fair wages it could be planting tree you know it could be a whole host of things that the company sort of wants to disclose. And that can be seen as increasing your company valuation from a shareholder perspective or an investor perspective. And I think for me, that was really interesting because it's proving that not only is sustainability not a buzzword anymore, it's not a question of branding so much. It's not a question of what consumers are going to think of you so much and you know, making small efforts and basically still playing within the greenwashing field. But actually today, it's a way for founders to exit businesses with more money and for C-suites to run businesses that are more valuable. And so I think from Waring's perspective, you know, there are loads of things that we need to be looking at, right? It's how are we hosting the app? What kind of eco-friendly hosting tools are we you know, using? How does our tech stack look? What can we do to be reducing emissions of us helping people being on their phone, right? To use wearing, you're increasing your screen time and your phone is polluting by doing that. So there's a lot of stuff that we need to be very conscious of. There's a lot of stuff that we need to look at, you know, from a culture perspective. What are we doing? We don't yet have an office, but when we do, how are our employees traveling there? What are we doing in terms of the sort of office that we choose? How are we flying around the world to meet with partners? What are we sort of getting our community to do? What's our net impact on our community? And how can we encourage them to do better through using our product? And what does that look like? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, So So these are things that we're really thinking about at the moment. And it definitely is a journey. And that's why I'm excited to be at the phase at which I'm at right now, you know, which is sort of raising seed capital because we've launched the MVP of the app. We've launched the product, and now we're going to raise some cash to really you know, take it to the next level, build out the team, build out the way that we operate as a company and how we take sustainability into account at an early stage to be able to grow and scale this thing in a way that I'll be proud to look back in 10 years and say, we really got this thing right from a culture perspective, from an output perspective, and from a tech
1: perspective.
0: Now, on to the final segment of this episode. So in every episode, I will be asking what my guests think of the future of sustainable fashion and what it looks like for their sector. I am a little bit of an optimist when it comes to this sort of thinking. And I would love to hope that eventually we can reach some form of ecotopia in my lifetime. So here's what my guests had to say on the matter. Ishita?
1: I mean... I think if people start becoming much more conscious, and I think they are, you know, they're becoming more educated. I think as the world, you know, continues to grow and develop, I think we're all becoming more educated. I think things like the lockdowns, which were terrible, obviously, for the economy, for our health, they also gave us some time to pause and reflect about what we really need, what actually makes us happy. And I think that's where people, including younger people, not just, I guess, older people, you know, who've achieved nirvana or have become aspirational and moved through maslow's need hierarchy theory. I think even younger people have become much more well, they become much less attached to materialistic things. And I think that's where things like birotation where it's all about sharing things with your neighbors, with people around you, with even strangers, I think that's where we can reach ecotopia as you call it. I've never heard that before by the way, but I like that. And I think tech again is a great enabler for that. There's a lot of other great things that are being produced. You know, be that products that actually destroy plastic altogether. I'm very excited to see all these kind of developments coming out of tech. Obviously, you know, in the earlier days, that was probably what led to all this plastic creation and the destruction of the world where it is at the moment. But I think we do have a chance to salvage it. And I think as long as you know the larger companies are also supporting this mission to move towards investing. In the climate and in the world, I think we're on a good start. And Bianca.
2: I'm very bullish on the future. Um, I- I think for me, it's probably where electric mobility is today, if not in a better place. So today we're looking at a lot of electric vehicles, you know, replacing oil and gas as hold on the consumer, At uh, better infrastructure. We're looking at, you know, countries having or building out charging points all over their sort of national grid. And I think that's really exciting. And for me, fashion will be at a similar space, if not a better one. In a way that looks something like a place where consumers want to be engaging with new technology. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge pull to a really seamless, very easy consumption, utilization and circular end of life solutions. And then from a corporate perspective slash regulatory perspective, you know, we're looking at the, the sort of either shift to a less polluting business model i.e. reducing thousands and thousands of new designs weekly or monthly to you know a slower version of that for yeah. retailers Or a decline in fast fashion because it's no longer serving this planet and its users. And we're seeing the emergence of small trade again, vintage circular solutions like rental swapping, donation to community points within your local area that get reused. We see a whole change in the charity shop network becoming tech-enabled. And we see real regulatory weight put behind that, a little bit like financial services have been regulated. I'd love to see fashion being regulated in that way. And lastly, I think we see all of these retail players, department stores, the high street to a certain extent. I don't think that will be possible, but at least those first two being much more tech enabled, much smarter in the way that they optimize their stores in the way that they target consumers in the way that consumers can try products on before they buy them, they can style them, they can sort of engage with this whole reduce returns journey to sort of optimize it. And that I'm really excited about.
0: So, according to my guests, communication and collaboration are key. They had really similar things to say on the matter, actually, which was interesting. And shooter believes that tech can be an enabler for a more sustainable future, whereas Bianca believes that regulation is not only necessary, but integral in facilitating the future we so desperately need. Thank you so much for sharing your points of view. In next week's episode, we will be talking about sustainable fashion and activism, Until then, you can listen back to previous episodes of Sustainably Influenced on all good podcast platforms and follow at Sustainably Influenced on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Bianca Foley. Thank you for listening. This season of Changemakers, brought to you by Sustainably Influenced, has been produced by Content is Queen, sound editor Amber Miller, and our research assistant is Toyo Douglas, presented by Bianca Foley.